The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is One Heat Minute. Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Look like gangbangers working the local 7-Eleven. Robbery homicides take you. Give me all you got! This is Give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. I'm trying to stop guys like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's LA crime opus Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to One Heat Minute. My name is Blake Howard. Let's just flash back in time. About July, August of last year, when I was coming up with this project, I tactically contacted a few people. You guys know because you've heard me talk about Stu Koo, who's a, a veteran of the show, Luke Buckmaster, Garth Franklin. They've been on the show many times. But at that time, I emailed the gentleman that's sitting in front of me. This is one of the premium Heat fans in the entire world. He also happens to be an exceptional talented filmmaker that now with his debut Hotel Mumbai that's just had its Australian premiere people around Australia and around the world know what I saw in his incredible film when we met The Palace uh, the talent that this guy's got his director of photography the incredible Nick Remy Matthews that merged the incredible real life footage in Mumbai and stages in Adelaide into this effortlessly gorgeous looking film um, has already joined me on the show and this man has been too busy until this very moment to talk to me but it's perfect right now we're sitting in a cafe and we're about to discuss the 94th minute of Michael Mann's 1995 crime opus heat in fact Robert De Niro's character Neil McCauley is literally telling Vincent Hanna about a dream where he doesn't have enough time <laughs> he is my good friend Anthony Maris. His incredible film Hotel Mumbai. You're going to see in Oz um, in a wider release in April. But if you are, or if you have been at a massive reception for it in Adelaide, um, we had a resounding reception. Uh, I got to watch this man tell the local crowd to stop clapping in his standing ovation <laughs> because he was a bit embarrassed. 
Anthony Morris, welcome to the long overdue appearance on One Heat Minute. Good morning, Blake. How are you, sir? <laughs> Mate, I'm good. I'm good. I'm so happy that you're finally here. As am I, and you're not even going to believe this, but last night, after probably a month of trying to coordinate it, my editing team uh, got a package to me, and I picked it up from um, from the apartment where I live, from the front uh, reception area, whatever. And it was a big post pack, and they're like, look, it's for you. We know you'll probably like it. You, you know, your listeners probably won't believe it because the timing sounds like bullshit. But when I opened the package, it was an original poster from 1995, uh, release of Heat wow. in uh, Australia. And I literally opened it just last <laughs> night. And I thought, what a coincidence that today we're here speaking about uh, the 94th minute of what is... You know, one of the most inspirational films to me as a filmmaker, i got to say. So, uh, great one, stuff. One of the things that folks are going to see in Hotel Mumbai is uh, there's one strike. We're not, we're not going to talk about it in this minute. We're going to get too distracted. We're going to dive straight into the minute because Anthony is, as I've said, a premium Heat fan. But um, in his film Hotel Mumbai, one of the things I was really struck by, and I've talked to a lot of people about it so far, is just the sound design in Hotel Mumbai echoes that of heat like the the gunfire in hotel mumbai had the audience around me jumping leaping from their seats so emotionally deeply effective and i i was just reminded of this upcoming high scene which people you know for a film made in 1995 no one really gets it but you guys replicated that the sheer terror that a gun actually has none of this desperado antonio banderas diving through the uh the air shooting your twin guns guns are scary things in real life and especially in the public and your deeply human and great film mate congrats thank you sir uh, um had all of it had it all uh yeah it's it's funny you mentioned that scene in heat because maybe looking back on it i can see it it wasn't a conscious influence to be honest for that scene um we were trying more to just um i guess as you said give the audiences a sense of um you know of what it felt like to go through that stuff and it's brutal and yes it's, and it's not pretty so. no there's no glamour. There's no, no, there's gl- no glamour. There's no, want, there's no glamour in terror. We don't want to make it gratuitous. You know, no. these are difficult things. So yeah. Well, look, we're going to dive into the minute. We'll probably talk about a bunch of stuff. I don't have much time with Anthony today, as much as I would have liked, because he's exceptionally busy. But I appreciate your time. We're going to watch together the 94th minute. Then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it. Let's do it. And I got to wake myself up and start breathing, or I'll die in my sleep. You know what that's about? Yeah. Having enough time. Enough time to do what you want to do. That's right. You're doing it now. Not, not yet. You know, we're sitting here, you and I are like a couple of regular fellas. You do what you do, I do what I gotta do. And now that we've been face to face, if I'm there and I gotta put you away, I won't like it, but I'll tell you, if it's between you and some poor bastard whose wife you're gonna turn into a widow, I will not hesitate. (laughs) Brother, (laughs) you are going down. Now, what is really fun is not always do I get to watch the minute as someone is watching it, as we've just done. What I love about Anthony is he's mouthing every piece of dialogue (laughs) that is happening in that scene. 
An annoying habit, yes. No, not a bad <laughs> habit. It's probably my habit. I think if my wife had watched me watch this movie again, or anyone knows, I'm just, I can say every line of dialogue before it's going to happen. And we're sitting in a cafe together. We are. And, you know, that scene's obviously the, the big scene in Heat. And, uh, yeah, it's two, uh, two masters at their profession who are now sort of taking a step off the battlefield and sort of sniffing each other out. It's a great scene. And you as a director, you're watching those guys, such a beautifully staged little canvas. How much business are they doing with their face as a performer there? You sat behind the lens and watched great actors. Like, how much business is going on in that scene for you when you're watching it? Are you just, like, marvelling? Um... You know, Pacino and De Niro are legends, obviously, and I think with both of them, especially in that scene, it's very much they know that the camera is reading their thoughts, and they don't they don't have to do too much. Yes. And you know, both of them, their own way, at least as far as I can, as far as I'm concerned, they're masters at saying so much and saying so little, obviously, and just knowing how to just be in their skin. You know, they can make doing nothing look very interesting because so much is going on. And again, yeah, I think they know the camera sees a lot, so they're. I think they're just get, getting into a headspace, and we feel the rest. Yes. And is that when you're watching that? Is it hard? Like, one of the things I wonder is. You know, you work with some great actors in, in especially in your debut film. Is that like a, an ingredient for a great actor? Like, especially when they're framed like that to just know to do less? Like, is it something that you observe like with some of the more experienced performers I you work so. with? I think so, I think so. I don't, I think everyone has their own process, I really do. Yeah. And as a director, you know, you, you hope that you've cast the film well, because if you have, I think a lot of your work is taken out. Well, not a lot of your work, it's the wrong thing. You know, the, the magical ingredients aren't gonna come from you, they're gonna come from recognizing, recognizing it in others. Yes. And at least for me on Hotel Mumbai, the biggest joy I had was you know, we had, a, we had a document, we had a script, but the way an actor can come in and breathe life into that script and show you things and make you feel things that you'd never intended, that's the real joy of it. Yes. And, um, you know, we just watched two masters do it there. <laughs> yeah. These guys, um, I want to I wanna ask Ant, because I haven't actually asked him, when, when did the obsession start for you with these? So what I, what I, don't, what I hadn't, haven't had a chance to talk about the podcast is, and as busy as he is, he's a director, he's going through this process, is I could email Ant uh, and, and ask him how he was going, how everything was going with the film and things like that, and occasionally when he got a chance, he would, he would message. But even if I just wanted to you know, prod him and make him feel better, maybe put a smile on his face, I know I could flick a line of dialogue, usually from this cafe scene or from some other point in the film, and then I'd get a text back. I would always get a text back. I hadn't heard from Ant in a bit, I just want to check in and see how he was doing. All I'd do is, you know, brother, you are going down. And something would come back, you know, something would go out there. When did you get obsessed with me? I was a teenager when it came out, and I think films can have a different impact on you depending on what era of your life you're watching them in. And I think with Heat, it's, you know, it's, it's different to a lot of the other types of films as a kid, as a teenager, you're used to watching. All of a sudden, it's you got something which is operating on a superficial level that as a teenager, you know, you like to watch things go bang. But... There are all these other levels that even though you can't articulate or you're maybe not consciously aware of what they are, you sense that there's way more to this story. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and I think it's, um, from, yeah, from when I first watched it, I remember I, I hired it from a local video store, a Connell Street video store. <laughs> um, 
the guy who owned that place, his name was Gary, and his, before he left from the UK, uh, interestingly enough, this is similar to a character in Heat in a roundabout way, before he left the UK, he got really smashed one night, and, um, and his mates tattooed on his, on his chest on the night before he left made in the UK or made in London <laughs> or something it reminds me of that you know what do I look like then the born lose that but no Gary Gary supplied me my uh, my fix of films that I wasn't allowed to rent in other places <laughs> so congrats thanks Gary oh look and we all need enablers we all need enablers for heat at, at when it when it kicks off yeah no I'm much the same I saw it when I was young and it just starts and then like you said I think the be- very best films that you carry with you start to mean more when you can watch them 10 years later and go, I, I, had, no percep- yeah. I had no perception of what was going on in that whole, in whole chunks of this movie. And in this scene, I love it so much because I'm like, I, I, this, is the, this is the piece de resistance scene, yeah. of course. But- and it's interesting because like, I had actually seen Heat before I had seen Wild Bunch, which yes. is kind of, you know, it's obviously, you know, like an urban reworking of it. So as I guess you know, most people who were who are older got to see it the other way around. It's interesting to go back and see Wild Bunch. Wild Bunch. After having seen Heat, and be like, oh, it's like Heat. I know that actually came from the other way around. And I've just heard that Mel Gibson is looking to to do Wild Bunch. And he's and he said he's he's found a way to approach the script. I read in a news item this morning, and I was like, did you copy? Did you read Heat again? Or did you watch? <laughs> did you watch Heat, Mel? Um, uh, when you're doing it oh, I, I, I have faith I hope he does well with it. yeah well, I mean peck and par films like every, you know everything yeah, everything a, is everything yeah, is sacred. sacred and not but it's like like you said that's um, I don't think we've talked about a direct connection with Wild Bunch but man loves peck and par man loves I'm pretty sure it was, it was I don't know well you'd know better than I would but I think that it feels like an urban I thought it was, the intention was he wanted to do Wild Bunch in the city, basically. Well, uh, that, that's if you heard it here first, because I hadn't heard that direct, ins- direct inspiration, but I know that I think in his top ten films, there's yeah. Peckinpah in there. Yeah. Has to be. Has to be. Has Gotta to be. be. Gotta be. Yes. Yeah, uh, I mean, Peckinpah made the movies that Michael Mann made, like Dudes in Crisis. Yeah. At the end of the road, this is what this movie is. This is what it is. It's so great. These two guys. Have you met them? In your travels, these guys? I haven't, but interestingly enough, Anupam Kerr, who plays Hamant Oberoi, yes. I think has become pretty good friends with De Niro. And so he's in New York now filming a TV show called New Amsterdam. He'd worked with De Niro on Silver Linings Playbook. Yes. And um, he's great. they're great together. They're great it? together. They catch up now. I see Instagram videos <laughs> where like De Niro is singing uh, Happy Birthday with him. It's, it's totally surreal because, you know, he's, a, uh, he's definitely a... a you know, as a titan, you know, for me at least. And, um, yeah, they're mates, so hopefully he gets to see Hotel Mumbai soon. Um, but, no, I've never met him directly. No, that's cool. Well, look, you know, I, I'm just wondering. So, when... What is it about, do you think, you know, you're a screenwriter too now. Um, what is it about the dialogue in this movie that just seems so out of time and cool? Because I wonder in this particular mm. sequence, like, they capture something amazing because they can especially the dream sequences that we're sort of tailing onto, they did a lot of improv together. So, like, you know, they, it's almost like they're spilling their guts about exactly what they feel the character's inner workings are. And so, like you said, there's that effortless sort of inner workings we're reading their mind, but they're sort of spilling their guts at the same time, which is great. What do you think about, like, why it makes it so cool? Why it's in so this damn scene, quotable? In this scene in particular or throughout yeah, the film? Throughout the film, but it's kind of both. I don't know, it, it's so effortless. 
and it feels very grounded in a reality which just it doesn't feel like any of it's written yes. it really you know everyone and every director really I guess is in you know, one way or another is trying to create the illusion of the first time yes with whatever they're doing you know trying to be in the moment heat for me feels like that maybe I guess you could point to lines that you know don't live up to that if you really you know take a microscope out but on the whole if you decide to do a 170 <laughs> yeah, exactly. episode podcast well, and yes exactly so I'm actually speaking to someone no no but it's no it is it's, you know throughout it doesn't matter who's saying it we quote with Nick a lot my cinematographer different lines and even if they're very random so you got you know yeah it's just flying around so you gotta know how to grab it so you gotta know how to grab it just random you know bits like that um also, I don't know, I just think it feels very authentic and very real. But it's more than that. Yeah, it's, it's electrified and it pops in a way that that is quotable but doesn't seem movie-ish. Yeah. And I, I, I like... Um, what people are going to notice when we confess to Anthony is right now, uh, as, a, as a, a freelancing critic, um, my favourite game at the moment is can I get a heat quote into a film review? Ah, right. <laughs> can, yes, that's can, a good one. Can I, if it if it's if it suits, <laughs> can I get it in there? And my favourite one recently, I was reviewing a comedy called The Breaker Uppers, and I saw it twice in one day. And I said, and when I had a chance to see it a second time, I did not hesitate, not for a second. Now, <laughs> the, the, like it's a little, if it's it's a little, it's a little. But yeah, no, I think you're right. It's just this weird thing where the lines can totally work in isolation. But it's like it's like a dog whistle for heat fans out there. Where just something about it, that clicks. line just clicks, and it's like that's too good to be real. Like it's like too good to be real. Yeah, but I, don't, I don't know if you can divorce it from the casting and the whole direction as well. Yes. Which is, so I've read Heat as a script a number of times, and I don't know if you could put yourself in the time machine and go back before you'd ever seen the film and you read it. I don't know whether it would have the same impact off the page yeah. and I think that's one of the things that makes Michael Mann such a singularly amazing director is you know he's a writer he's a director he produces I think a lot of his stuff as well but he's got such authorship over the final film because he's just got so much input into every single facet of the production you know painstakingly details the regimens that the actors are going to go on in terms of their training things to be authentic whether it's you know how Tom Cruise is going to train with his stuff in Collateral whether it's you know the weapons training or other other technical things that they do for these actors Will Smith and Ali 11 months of yeah, boxing training all of that and you know I think if you take it in its totality it's not I don't know if it's just the written words I don't know if it's just the casting just the direction just the way he works the cinematographer capture it you add all of those things together and it means you know it means something you know yes. and I think that's you watch, you know, 10 seconds of any Michael Mann film or any great one and you know who's directed it. Yes. Know? And there's a lot of films makers you can't say that for, but you can you can definitely say it for Michael. And, yeah, it's just effortlessly uh, effortlessly done. It seems like there's a lot to it. <laughs> yeah, it seems effortless on the yeah. screen, but you're right. When you, get, you unpack all those painstaking elements, it's like a big... Yeah. It's, it's an incredible... Yeah, he's bringing so many layers together... Um, yeah. It's funny you said that because in this particular script and in this scene, De Niro, Art Linson, so Michael Mann wrote Heat after he'd done LA Takedown. Mm-hmm. He writes 
he, he, he expands it into heat. And yeah. the famous, incredible producer, and he wrote a fantastic book. I'll have to find the book name and I'll put it in the post when we post this episode. Art Linson wrote a great book just about producing, an incredible producer. And he read the script and Michael Mann's like, oh, I'm going to give this to someone to direct. And Art Linson read the script and he goes, you are a madman if you don't direct this film. Like, this is your and next project. why did project. he want it? Because he felt he covered that ground on LA Takedown? Maybe, or? yeah. I think yeah. he was like, oh, I think I've covered the ground. Maybe I'm just going to ride it and give it. It's just, this is something I'm just working on. And, and Art Linton was that person that said, no, you're not going to do it. And the great one is, that, you know, that De Niro himself was the first guy that read the script and was reading for Neil. Like, Neil was the role that he was going to take. And then as soon as he'd signed on, they got, they got Pacino first. They were the first two wow. guys. And uh, even De Niro said at times, he goes, look, if I'd read this script, the script was so good that I, 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 I was desperate to have Neil. He said, but if Al had read it first and took Neil, I would have taken Vincent. Wow. So it's like a, a weird... Well, thank alter- you, Art Linson, then. Uh, yeah. If, if, in case Art Linson hasn't listened to the show, thank you. <laughs> thank, try- you thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, sir. Thank you for doing it. But yeah, it's that weird thing of like... Um, and I've read the script, too. There's something about the lines on the page, even the most subtle of tweaks, a dropping of a word, uh, an increase in the cadence. Because, you know, folks, if you ever read a script, none of the pacing's there, none of the delivery's there, and, and these guys, and just little lines. My other favourite one that I'd like to text Anthony time and time again is uh, Ferocious Arnhem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I really like well, it's, that. It's funny, you might have covered this as well before, but I read on the internet or somewhere that Pacino said he played, um, he played Hannah as though he was a coke addict. Yes. And um, and it's interesting because obviously the wife is hooked on prescription medication. Yes. And even though for whatever reason they didn't show, you know, Vincent actually doing that, you go back and watch the film with that knowledge, which I did, and it's like, yeah. of course he is. Like, yeah. that makes it... It, it makes so much sense now. It makes more sense, yeah. yeah. I, I like the mania. I think the mania... That's one thing... No, I, it works, totally. Because yeah. he's... He, you know, people are like, he's such a manic performance. I go, just go back and see when he's actually yes, acting absolutely. manic. absolutely. And it's... And, and there's it's, a reason for the character to be doing it. And it's point. only in every scene where he's... Got to intimidate to, someone. Where he's trying to intimidate yeah. someone. He just goes crazy yeah. and does he's, up and down. He's not manic when he's looking at the body of the woman on the ground. He's no. not manic when he finds... You know, the girl with the slit wrist, his stepdaughter. Yeah, yeah no, he's, it's a it's a nuanced performance, but I think he's intentionally bold in those other parts. Yes, I love that. Well, look, I know we don't have much time to go right, because Anne is incredibly busy. But what I wanted to say is, mate, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank Huge you. Huge congratulations thank on you, the sir. film. It was incredible. I really enjoyed it, um, and I got to be a part of it in the in that screening with your ovation, and I was uh, chuffed, completely chuffed for you. So. It means, mate, means a lot that you came to see it. We first met at the Actor Awards many years ago and have been mates since. Yes. And I'm sorry it's taken me so long to get here. No, mate, right. it's totally fine. And one, one behind the scenes is, after Anthony had won an Actor Award for his incredible short film, The Palace, um, which really is like the appetit for if, uh, for Hotel Mumbai, it shows a lot of the, the skill that was there and he's built it into this incredible feature. I watched Anthony eat a gyros and spill garlic sauce on his newly awarded actor award terrible it was so but uh, it was such a down to earth and grounded dude that I just cacked myself and I couldn't believe it it was so amazing thank you mate for being a part of the show <laughs> thank you sir and, and just one final question for fans because 
sometimes there are digressions in the show we go for many times how beautiful is Arnie Hammer in real life it's unbelievable he's a legend he's so smooth <laughs> such a legend and both actually- Dev and Arnie we were here in, uh, for the Adelaide Film Festival and I just said to a couple people like oh Dev he's so great and I said yeah and also not only are they both charming but Arnie Hammer is like it's like Farrah Fawcett beautiful as a man it's scary he's a, he's a charmer mate <laughs> he, he pulls the moves he's cool a really cool guy alright guys thank you so much for listening to this tight but uh, I think really uh, loaded episode of One Heat Minute and thank you so much for being a part of the show and we'll catch you on another episode of One Heat Minute just around the corner thank you this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.